0: Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand that finances, well, they can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your host for the next 30 minutes. Now, if you've been listening over the past few months, years, you know that we are talking right now about family banking, about the importance of saying, hey, wait a minute, instead of transferring my money away and letting someone else make money on it, why don't I keep the money in the family. And to me, that makes sense. We want to make sure that every dollar that God gives you, you not only keep that dollar, but you keep everything that dollar was designed to make for you. And a lot of times, the way that we can do this is by looking at things differently. And that's why we have taken the time to say, hey, wait a minute, Let's challenge some of the money myths that we have in regards to finances. Let's challenge the way that we were looking at it and back it up and look at these key financial concepts and begin to understand, hey, maybe, just maybe, I can make more money on my money than I can by avoiding paying interest to someone else. I want to make sure if I have money over here, and it's earning 5%, and I only have to pay 3% interest to someone else, why wouldn't I keep my money over here where I have liquidity, use, and control? Why wouldn't I keep my money? But many times what's happened is we're not used to making money on our money. We're used to giving our money right away to someone else so we don't pay interest. But if I can make more money than I'm paying in interest, why wouldn't I do it? these thought processes, these key financial concepts are very important for us to begin to realize if we want to be able to have a family bank of our own. You know, when we look at this, there will be times when you're gonna need money for cars, for a house, maybe your kids need money for a house or a car or college having that family bank in place is key. And that's why we've literally spent weeks and weeks talking about this. Hopefully that it's creating some type of mindset change and addressing these mindsets is so key. You know, one of the things that I'm very passionate about is talking about the softer side of money. People say, well, what's the softer? You mean the weak side of money? No, I'm talking about what's really the strong side of money. What's driving everything is usually the mindsets or the money memories or the money myths that you have going on subconsciously behind the scenes. It's so strong that sometimes you don't even know that the decisions you're making are based upon things that you had happen in childhood. They are based upon misconceptions on how you think money works. On mindsets, whether you feel you should have money or shouldn't have money, these are driving forces in your life. And knowing that and dealing with that is so important. And that is why we have taken that time to deal with in the very beginning of this series, we've taken time to deal with what are key financial concepts that you need to understand. And let me just do one little shout out there in regards to this. When we think about key financial concepts, yes, a lot of times I have to show you the numbers. Hey, if you can make 5% here and you only pay 3% there, there's a spread there. Why don't we keep the spread? But understand, too, that when there are subconscious things running behind the scenes, you can actually self-sabotage yourself. And let me give you an example of that. When we begin to think, uh, I think it was a couple radio programs ago, we had talked about the importance of understanding um, the myths that we believe and that money is evil and wealthy people are bad. Understand this concept. If you truly believe it's bad to be wealthy, and I have people that will come in and say, Crystal, I just wanna be responsible. I don't wanna be wealthy. Understand, when you are literally saying that, you will work self uh, subconsciously to make sure you don't become wealthy. Because if in your mind, wealth equals evil, wealth equals bad, then you will take steps to make sure you never become evil or bad. Does that make sense? Hopefully that's freeing to somebody right now because we don't want to come in saying, hey, I want to be the wealthiest person in the world and I'm going to be greedy and I'm going to be a miser. No, we're not looking for that. But when we limit ourselves and say, nope, I'm only going to be status quo. I'm going to follow these rules and never think outside the box. I'm going to be afraid of money because it might hurt me. I'm never going to ask for much. I'm never going to go on that expensive vacation because that would be so irresponsible. These are things that play behind our scene, the the scenes in our mind. They're subconscious. I remember, and I know I've shared this before, but I really believe this is for someone listening right now. There was a trip I wanted to go on, and it wasn't practical. It was 23 nights in the Mediterranean. Okay, I'd be out of work for a little bit. I so wanted to go. So the crystal side was like, yes, this is a dream come true. And the logical certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, was like, are you nuts? Do you know what we could do with this money? And if we get 5% compounding interest and it grows tax free, why blah, 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 blah? Well, thankfully, the other crystal, the other side of me, said I had prayed and I really felt I was to do that. And that's when I met up with my friends who were missionaries over in Germany. They met us there in England, and we went on this cruise together. And the memories that we had were phenomenal. But here's the part. It was within six months that after we had the cruise, I'm quite sure it was a six-month time period. I want to be very accurate. He passed away. What would have happened if I had said, nope, I'm not going to go on this cruise. I'm not going to do this because I don't deserve to go on this. And that would be irresponsible. And I could make 5% compounding interest. I say that not because I want all of the clients of Crystal Clear Finances to go on a 23-night Mediterranean cruise. That is not what I'm saying. But I think that when we evaluate life and we evaluate our finances, we've got to get to that place where we look at this and say, here is the logic of it. One plus one does equal two. That is factual. That is math. But math doesn't equal money. Because if math did mean that you could be financially wealthy, then wouldn't we all be wealthy sitting on a beach somewhere? Do we all know 1 plus 1 equals 2? Can we all multiply and divide, subtract and add? So obviously, financial freedom and financial abundance isn't because we're good at math. I'm just going to pause and let that settle in. I think financial freedom, yes, we want to have the accountability and, and be able to prove things with the numbers. But we must deal with the softer side of wealth. We must deal with those mindsets and the money memories and the myths that we're believing, the things behind the scenes that make us human. And we need to get rid of the ones that literally hold us back, the ones that shouldn't be there, the ones that have been put there that are robbing us from our joy. We need to get rid of those and put the right mindsets in. Now, right mindset would be, let's use vacation as a a thought process, It doesn't mean you go on every vacation, you're going to spend over your limits. That's not what it's saying. But a right mindset about vacation would say, a workman's worthy of their hire. God has given us a day of rest. What are things I can do based upon what the numbers show that I can do? Okay, maybe I can't go. Remember, um, I have so much to tell you today. Remember when I had shared my testimony about how things were so tight, what brought me into the financial planning, looking for those solutions. I remember when we were in those seven-year period where we were working ourselves out of the debt that the trucking company had caused us. And our dates were literally going to the Stewart's ice cream shop and sharing. Oh no, not our own cones, but we shared one ice cream cone. I'm sure people said, oh, that's so romantic. Look at that couple. No, we just didn't have the money for more than one. But the point of it was, I knew, though, that we could still celebrate each other, and we knew we needed to have time away, so we tried to find the ways to do that. Now, as income increased, that's when the vacations could increase. Again, I used the numbers, 1 plus 1 equals 2, but combined it with the softer side, so we were doing it in an appropriate manner that we were enjoying the life that God has given us and still being good stewards of his money that's so awesome. That is my point when I've been taking time to say, hey, let's learn these financial concepts. Let's begin challenging what you're thinking. Stop thinking it's just about the numbers, which I know is probably the last thing that you ever thought you'd hear a certified financial planner say. But I just re- I believe God has abundance for us. I, I think about the fact that as a certified financial planner, many times they were teaching us, listen, this is all people have. You need to meet with people and you need to say, hey, guys, there's no more. There is a limited supply about this. So what you need to do is you need to scrimp and you need to save. And of course, you need to invest. And that was the thought process. But I don't believe there's a limited supply. And we've talked about this before. And when we talk about, OK, what are the key financial concepts, when we can begin to understand That each of us was given a skill set in raw form. I'm going to say that again. It's in raw form. If we will develop that skill set, we will be able to make money with that skill set. The more we develop it, the more money that's created. So I look at my life and I say, okay, I know God has given me ability for financial planning. So what did I do? Well, I began to develop it, become a certified financial planner, always learning those continuing education credits, always saying, okay, God, show me more so I can help other people. So then when people come in and they say, I need a financial plan, I'm like, I'm your girl. I got that, ooh, baby, let's go. And I give them a financial plan that helps them, that lets them go to the next step, but what else does it do? It creates income for me and my family. So I don't believe there's a limited supply for me and my family because if I need money, I'm just going to say, who can I serve with the talent I have developed? Same thing applies to you. Who can you serve with the talent you've developed? The problem is Nobody's taught you to develop your talent. And so we're at the mercy of whatever job that we're doing, which we can't stand many of the clients that come in and tell me this, right? They can't stand their job and they're, they have this financial ceiling that they can't get past. But what if God had an answer? What if inside you, he knew to make that talent? Because when we find that talent and then begin to develop that talent, then we can literally serve, because that's what it is. It's taking the talent and then serving, right? Not just, I got this talent. I want to rip people off. It's serving. Once you've done that, you can serve your way out of debt. You can serve your way out of crisis. You can serve your way into wealth. Those are concepts that we've got to understand. So when we talk about, well, let's learn about money If I learn about money and the one plus one equals two, but I think that I never deserve to have money and that I'll always be stuck in the job, do you think that's going to impact how my financial situation ends up? I'll answer that for you. The answer would be yes. Yes, it does. Which is why I get so passionate about this. I truly believe that the people of God, those faith-based individuals, we should have the resources we should be able to abundantly have for all of our needs. Because actually, I think that's the scripture, right? He abundantly provides for all our needs according to his riches and glory. How does that happen? Unless he made me in his image and he doesn't lack for anything and gave me a skill set that I need to develop. So I would encourage you before we take the break, and I realize I haven't touched anything that I had planned for the program, but yet I feel was for this program, I would encourage you to take time and say, God, what are the skill sets that I have? How do I serve my way out of this? I think before we go to the break, I think of my mother-in-law. That woman has such a gift when it comes to painting. It now is to a place where I'm like, will you paint a picture of my chicken? Will you paint a picture of this? She paints pictures of the kids. Phenomenal work. Now, was she always a good painter? Please don't tell her I said this. The answer is no. No, she wasn't. But what she did is she went to Blooming Artist up in Clifton Park. No, they are not giving me an endorsement credit. But she goes up there and she paints and little by little, She got better and better. And that's like, hey, I'd actually hang that in my house. And in fact, if you go to my son Five's house, it's like going to an art gallery for Pat Dugas because everything is all over the place because she's worked her talent. Now we're working to make her a little Etsy store. And what's going to happen? She's going to do something that she loved that God put within her. And we're going to put all her pictures up there. And she's going to bless people. She's going to paint pictures that people are going to love. And they're going to give gifts to others. And she's going to have financial income because of it. And at 80 years old, that's pretty cool. She doesn't have to go work at Walmart. Not that Walmart is bad. Well, Walmart is bad. But I mean, not that working at Walmart is bad. (laughs) I'm just teasing. Relax, people. So, but the point of the matter is, is that it's the giftings. When we look at money and numbers and facts as the solution, we are missing the boat because we have to look at the other side too. And that's what I would compel you to do. And let's take a quick 60 second break and then we'll be back with more crystal clear finances. Just like soft skills are needed to have impact within a workplace, Understanding the softer side of money can help individuals financially provide for themselves and those they love. This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. Numbers are factual. One plus one does equal two, but that's math, not money. Just knowing math doesn't make you wealthy, otherwise, we'd all be wealthy sitting on a beach somewhere. Learn the softer side of money found in your money mindsets, your money memories, and your money myths, and gain the confidence needed for every financial decision. Call 518-433-7181 today. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. Today, we started our discussion by talking about how important it is to have a family bank. And I got stuck on point number one, which was understanding those key financial concepts and my encouragement, and I will move on, but my encouragement is don't just look at the numbers, bring the whole equation, bring in the softer side of money so that you say, I have the data, I have the cold, hard facts, and I have the softer side of the mindsets, the memories, and what God's called me to do. And I'm going to blend them together, which is where I believe stewardship comes. Not just stewardship is not being able to use math. Stewardship is taking your skill set in math and what God has called you to do and being able to blend them together with the assurity that God has abundantly positioned you to create blessing in your life. We have the resources needed if we'll take the time to believe and then develop it. All right. I will get off my soapbox. All right. So point number two, though, when we've been talking about family banking is not only understanding the key financial concepts, but sitting down with a qualified kingdom advisor, certified financial planner, someone who can walk through and design a plan that's right for you. I would like to say, I'm the only one who knows how to do that, but that would not be true. Five knows how to do it too. But there are also other financial advisors that are out there. The point that I want to make is find the one that's right for you. I know a lot of times I'm working with women because, and the husbands are there too, but the husbands come in and say, chances are she's going to live longer than me. And I don't agree. I just learned to be quiet there and say <laughs> nothing. And he said, but when I pass away, I want my wife to be working with someone that I feel comfortable with and that she feels comfortable with. So we see a lot of that in our office. What I would encourage you is make sure whomever you're working with, feel comfortable with them. Know that they've got your back. Know that they're going to deal with not just the numbers, but they're going to deal with the whole picture in your in your life. I know uh, I have one client today, uh, just the other day, uh, she's going on a Viking cruise. And she's like, Chris, I can't believe that you gave me approval on it. Well, first of all, I'm not God. And second of all, this is what we've been saving for was this moment in time. So it's just exciting adventure to be on. So number one, understand the key financial concepts. Number two, find someone to help create that and design that plan. And then the third area is where we started the last two weeks. And that's when we began began talking about, okay, I believe it. I actually think that it's going to be okay. I'm going to create a family bank and maybe it's not what I need for buying my house, but I could have enough in there to help my kids. And if I don't have enough to help my kids, I'll be able to help my grandkids. And of course, putting life insurance uh, in place so that you can fund it at your passing, that makes the family bank even uh, richer. So we want to make sure that we put it in place. But how do you do that? We can talk conceptual all day long, but what we need to do is look at it and say, where is this money coming from? And that's where we found that there's usually five key areas that people are are losing money unknowingly and unnecessarily. So we wanna look at those areas. We don't wanna look at the three key areas when it comes to um, money, which is transferred money, money that you're giving away unknowingly unnecessarily. That is where we wanna focus. But we don't wanna focus on your lifestyle. Nobody usually comes to a financial advisor and says, please help me cut back. I just don't like the lifestyle I have. If they don't like the lifestyle, it's usually because they want a better one. So we don't touch that. And accumulated money, we don't wanna take from the accumulated money, we really want to focus on, hey, if you can just keep living life the way you are, don't have to make any more money, is there a way to put a bank in place? And that's where we find those five key areas of the qualified plan, the mortgage, the taxes, major capital purchases, and education. Those five areas are where people are just, they're making decisions either on a money myth that they believe, well, gee, if I quickly pay off my house, then I've saved money. Again, we've challenged that thought process before. We can challenge it again. The money myths we believe cause us to lose that money unknowingly and unnecessarily. So last week, we talked, or two weeks ago, we talked about mortgages, right? We talked about that. I'm not going to poke that bear again. You're welcome. Then we talked about qualified plans. Qualified plans are their own breed of animals. And for those of you who are not really familiar, well, what is a qualified plan? That's usually like your 401k, your 403b, an individual IRA, a Roth. It's something where it qualifies for retirement. It's a retirement plan. Now, I know a lot of times people say, well, I have a joint account and that's for retirement. Yeah, but if you can touch it before the age of 59 and a half and not have a 10 percent penalty, then it's probably not a qualified plan. The qualified plans, they put those little golden handcuffs on you and say, "Eh, eh, eh, put your money in here. It'll be fine until you want to touch it. And then they slap. So we want to make sure that we understand what is a qualified plan. I do want to just before we go into our next discussion today, which is going to be about taxable accounts, I do want to remind the pastors that are out there, remember the 403B is different than the 401K. So the 403B, that's what you pastors get to have. And here's where the difference is. All right, so uh, if you set up the 403B correctly, and again, talk to your financial advisor, or if you don't have one, I would love to have the opportunity to talk to you. If you set it up correctly, you don't have to pay taxes on the money going in. And you're like, Well, Crystal, that's not a big whoopie because I don't have to do it if it was a 401k. But wait for it. Because then when you go to take the money out in a 401k, what happens? Oh, you get taxed. If you take the money out of an IRA, what happens? Yep, you're right. Gets taxed. If you take the money out of a properly structured 403b and you're a pastor, you don't get to be taxed. So that's like having a glorified Roth. Remember Roth right now, you're capped at putting 7,500 in. Whoop, whoop, that'll get you far. I mean, it will, it's a good thing to do. But when you look at a 403B that's allowing you to put money in and you don't have to pay tax and you can take it out and not pay tax, as long as it's used for a housing allowance or the, the criteria that they have, oh my. I don't know what other plan would do that where no tax going in and no tax going out. And yet many pastors who often are working so many hours and getting so little pay, those are the ones that need to have a plan that say can say, listen, I need you to maximize whatever I can put in there. So pastors, make sure that you're talking to your financial advisors to see if this is appropriate for you. And you can also talk to your CPA because he can confirm, yep, the right type of 403B will allow that to happen for you, will allow the money to go in and the money to come out tax-free. There is another one that can do it except for a business plan. I just want to clarify that because I can hear someone out there saying, but there is one more plan, Crystal. You are right. Kudos. All right. So with that being said, looking at the clock and saying, really? I've got five minutes to do the next point. All right. Let's talk about it some. Remember, what are we talking about? We are talking about the five key areas where we can find money so that you don't have to go work a second job to make sure that you can start a family bank. The key is this. The key is in starting the family bank. Somebody's got to be the one. Someone's got to say, yep, it's me. I'm the one that's going to start the family lineage. I'm the one that's going to shift things. They'll look back in time and they'll know it was my generation that said, I know you guys don't understand this, but I'm putting a large life insurance policy in place. I'm going to teach you not only the numbers the cold, hard facts of finances, but I'm also going to work with Crystal and we're going to talk about the softer side of money. And you're going to know what to do with that when the proceeds come. So if we can find a way, and you say, yes, Crystal, I'm the one, then we'll look to see if you're overpaying on your mortgage, and then have the discussion, is that the right thing to do? I think it's so clear right now when we're looking at mortgage rates at 8%, and if you only have yours for 3%, are you really in a rush? It will pay, pay, you have to pay to live inside, so it's not like, well, I need to get rid of this, because then I'll never have to pay. Property tax." electric. Okay, we can go on. Then qualified plans, by putting the money in the right type of investments, that will help you so that when you go to take the money out, there's less taxes, which is so we don't have to make more. We're just being wiser with our resources. That is why when we talk about how we position our money in taxable accounts tax-deferred accounts or tax-free accounts, that is why it's so important. There are benefits to each one of them and understanding the benefits. You know, people say, well, I've just got a taxable account. Okay, but understand the taxable account. So let's pretend that you have dividends. You've been working with the Office of Crystal Clear Finances. We put you in a joint account. You've got dividend paying stocks. You don't even need the dividends. You're reinvesting. Well, at the end of the year, what happens? Yep, you still got to pay taxes on the dividends because the government looks at it as, well, you had the choice. It's not my fault you decided to be a good saver. We won't even go to that discussion. But you'll be taxed on that. Where does that tax come from? Do you drain the tank and then pay the taxes, or is it coming out of lifestyle? So we want to have those choices to say, what is the best way this needs to be positioned? Or do we put the dividend-paying type of investments inside an IRA so that each year you're not taxed on it? Or do we put it inside the Roth, ideally, so that when the dividend is generated, and I'm not giving advice just so my compliance department is fully aware of this, I'm just talking about when we begin to allocate assets correctly, we don't just say, hey, I'm just gonna put things in all different accounts. But when we become aware that we need to be efficient with our resources and maybe put the dividend paying ones over here in a Roth where you're not going to get penalized for reinvesting the dividends, and then you use a different one that in the taxable account. But understanding the taxable account, tax deferred, which is what, your qualified plan, and then the tax advantage one, which is more like your Roth or your life insurance, or sometimes it works appropriately when we're talking about a SEP or we're talking about a 403B for a pastor. These areas, this is what your financial advisor needs to know. This is what you need to know when you're sitting down with them and saying, I see that I have all these like investments. How are we allocating them into the right place Understanding the right allocation of each one of your resources will help you be more efficient. And when you're more efficient, what do you have? Well, hopefully more money. And when you have more money, then what can you do? Well, hopefully you're going to fund your family bank. Well, we are at the end of our time together. And I know it was a whirlwind. I talked about a lot of different things, but it was a good time together. And I want to encourage you, if you have questions, to give our office a call at 518-433-7181. And then join us again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you, and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and AlphaStar are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.